Welcome to this very special live episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Can this, you believe it? Yeah, the top five live, live five. This was recorded on February the 8th on a beautiful summer evening at the Canberra Theatre Centre. It was fucking raining that night. No, it was gorgeous. Okay. No, Actually, I think there was rain, wasn't it? I'm gaslighting myself. <laughs> you don't think you don't think rain is beautiful? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Some poet you are. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so we recorded this at the uh, terrific Canberra Theatre Centre. Yeah. Everybody that uh, turned up, thank you so much. You get to hear so it back much. now. Fucking awesome. And uh, everybody who couldn't make it down or didn't want to come and see us because we're petty, weak, <laughs> petty fe- feeble-minded. They might just be feeling really self-conscious and didn't oh, want to go to a public thing. So Andrew. I guess me calling them feeble-minded wouldn't help <laughs> oh, yeah. But you'll get a great listen out of this as well. Yeah, big shout-out to a whole bunch of people who helped make this happen. Uh, Caitlin, Gillian, and everyone as part of the CTC. Thank you so much for reaching out and asking us to do this in the first place. Um, yeah, it was surreal. Also, a big thank you to Nick for help getting this recordings to us. So we can be bringing you this episode now. I think that's about it. Without any further ado, hell yeah! More! Slowly coming round again, the creeping hand of time and its demands. We are hottest one hundreds and thousands, and we have taken control of the Canberra Theatre Centre. Please make some noise for us. Yes! Holy shit! We have a crowd of cowards. There is not a single person in the front row, and it is beautiful. My name is David James Young. I'm a Libra, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. And I'd like to introduce you to the rest of the Hottest 100s and Thousands team. First up, Mr. Adam Buncher. Give him some horns, give him some horns. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, oh, let's do it. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Mr. Adam Buncher. Sick. Uh, We got my close personal friend and yours, Mr. Andrew McDonald. I'm very jealous Woo. his horns came on cue. <laughs> it's a terrible start. Oh, I love it. Ah, uh, we also have rounding out the team, Mr. Nathan Harrison. <laughs> Woo. Hi. <laughs> yes! I, uh, oh, mate, keep them coming. Please keep them coming. Just before we, we started, I Jim said, like, you know, I asked him, can you do air horns? And he said, how many? I just said... As many as you can. Just go. (laughs) This is the right amount. You are officially part of the team, man. We are taking you on tour with us, wherever we go. Uh, And we also have our dear intern uh, helping out on the phone lines this afternoon, Mr. Jack (laughs) (laughs) O'Reilly. 
that's basically that's the end of the show. Horns I think. Forever. <laughs> that's the tightest shit I ever. How heard. are we going to top that? <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get started, we want to acknowledge that we are on Ngunnawal country. Uh, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are gathered and which we are going to be talking on today. Uh, and we'd actually like to acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, Nathan, we have a little bit of housekeeping as yeah. well before we get into it. Between each song, we're going to open the phone lines... That's uh, what my which job Jack is. will do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if you have like a good story or just a strong opinion or colourful language that you Ooh. want to share about Ooh. any song, um, then when we get to that, maybe just like put your hand up and Jack will find you and, you know, and, and it'd be like, you know how when they do the countdown on Triple J, which yeah. they took from us, yeah. um, <laughs> they, what they do during the countdown is they get people to call in and say, oh, I'm listening from wherever and we're having a barbecue. They took that it's from us Shazza too. usually Shazza from Dapto. It's all, almost always Shazza from Dapto. Yeah. She's invited six of her mates around. They are smashing tinnies in the backyard and they are hanging, just hanging for a bit of Tash Sultana. <laughs> you can't use oh, like... Oh, we saw it Splendor and she went off, <laughs> eh? It was sick. To be fair, she did go off. <laughs> I didn't go. I <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Triple J stole it from us, so we're going to yeah. still do it. All right. Um, now, because I cannot see a single one of your faces, I'm going to need this uh, as like an applause or noise as polling. So who has listened to this podcast? Oh, my God. Everyone. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. That's All 29,000 of you. <laughs> wow. Uh, by means of contrast, who has never listened to this podcast and has no idea who we are? Yeah. <laughs> wow, nobody. Oh my God, nobody. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, there was one more, sorry, one more bit of housekeeping. We're going to broadcast this episode uh, as part of our normal non-live podcast or whatever, but it will be at the end of next season. Yeah, we're we like go mementoing through. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. and so... Uh, to really like drive that home, we're now each going to deliver the punchline for a gag that we will work out over the course of the season. Um, it will make no sense to you or really anybody listening to it later, but it will be a lot of work for us to try and get there. Yeah. So, um, you want to go? There were eight spiders. That's, That's pretty it. good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I reckon we can work with that. I'm going to go with, ha, buddy. Sounds like my ex-wife. That's one. All right, I want to go with... Um, there were beans in the car the whole time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm just going to do a, a, a completely made-up word. So maybe, right. more, maybe more work for me. That's even better. Mm, shimuzu. 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 I like it's that. It's fun. To, I'm going to enjoy saying that mm. later on. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> it sounds like they would have gone on tour with like Wawani right. and Kajagugu. So like... <laughs> So, what we're doing, we're not, we're, again, for the people who have no idea who we are and no idea what we do, normally, uh, we sit around in FBI Studios in Sydney and we talk about uh, five songs in accordance with the Triple J Hottest 100. So, we start at 100 through the 96 and then we do 95 to 91 and so on and so forth. No, go through all the numbers, David. Well, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good radio. Because y'all decided to... Bring us down here and uh, make us do something nice and special for you. We decided to do the top five of the 1999 Triple J Hottest 100. Now, again, still using the cheering and applause as votes system. Was anyone here alive slash remember listening to 
the hottest 100 in 1999, or uh, technically 2000 yes. on the day. There we go. It would have been the two. It would have been 2000 by that point. So Y2K would have been clearing us all out one by one. But uh, yeah. you guys are the survivors, and I'm glad that you stuck around in this bunker. So glad, glad we're all all present. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Thanks, brother. Right, so. Here's what we're doing. We are doing the top five of the 1999 Hottest 100, and we begin at number five. This is from the album Without You, I'm Nothing, but it's also from the soundtrack of a little movie called Cruel Intentions. This is a famed country pop band, Placebo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a song called Every You, Every Me. Maestro, can you drop that one for us? Hell yeah. There we go. We're just going to sit around and listen to the entire song. No refunds. <laughs> Lock the doors. Sucker love is heaven sent you. Pucker up our passion spent. My heart's its heart. Your body's rent. My body's broken. Yours is bent. Carve your name into my arm. Instead of stressed, I lie here charmed. Because there's nothing. Alright, okay, so that is uh, number 5 in the 1999 Hottest 100, that is the band Placebo, with the song Every You, Every Me. As I said, it comes from the album Without You, I'm Nothing, and the soundtrack uh, for the very horny movie, a movie I definitely should have been watching at 9 years old, a movie called Cruel Intentions, but it was on Channel 10 and I happened to be watching, and then I heard the F word for the first time and my life changed for the better. That's my that's my Batman origin story. That is the first time you heard the F. I'm, the pr- F I'm almost certain. Hearing hearing, I think it was Sarah Michelle Gellar tell Ryan Philippe that she was going to fuck his brains out was one of the first times I ever heard the F word. I'm just like, that means something naughty. That is a huge I'm, phrase for I'm a nine-year-old. I'm all in, and I've been saying fuck ever since, and it's been great. All right, who's taking this one? It's me, man. It's you. Mm. Every me and every you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's just open with that. Right. Why not? <laughs> every you, every me. The yeah. name of is, the song. Is the name of the song. Is the, the, by placebo, every you, every me. In that order. However, in the chorus, <laughs> very much not in that order. Yeah. Very much in the opposite order. It's art, man. I don't expect you to understand it. <laughs> I had you forgotten. Think that's a bit? It's just, <laughs> obviously. No, I've written this really clever song, all right? And here's how, this yeah. is why it's clever. It's See what I did the there. other way around in the title. It's fucking genius, man. See what I did there? It's, it's playing brilliant. 4D chess. Hello, I'm Brian Molko from the band Placebo. <laughs> it's a fucking faultless Brian right? Molko. Wow. Bloody lovely. It's like he's that's, in the room That's with how us. we all talk down in bloody mere old England town. I, yeah. would, I would love it if Michael Caine fronted Placebo. Hello. <laughs> she was only 16 years old. All right, so I cannot find a single reason why it is so. Why the, the, those, that title has been switched around in that way. Do you, do you actually know this, Jack? You the just album's called it. "Without You, I'm Nothing," and that's actually a reference to syntax. <laughs> yeah. You the are fired. S- the syntax can't. we know and love. <laughs> you suck, man. So the second time that Placebo have made it into the Triple J Hottest 100 of 1999, uh, just for some facts on that, previously in at 87 with "You Don't Care About Us." And wasn't that a great episode? 
<laughs> oh, remember that, we had, listeners? We had so much fun. Oh, but we should really like the Cruel Intentions soundtrack is the is the big thing to zoom in on here because man, does that have some links to the Hottest 100, including slight spoiler, a song, another song that we are going to be talking about tonight comes off that soundtrack. Some other Hottest 100 alumni that come off that include Bittersweet Symphony, which oh. um, by the Verve that made it in to the 1997 Hottest 100 at number four. Coffee and TV by Blur, This Countdown, number 47. But also, in the promotion for the film, you've got songs uh, Push It by Garbage, If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next ah, by the Manic Street mm. Preachers. Good shit. Um, How Soon Is fan. Now by Love Spit Love, the, the, uh, the Smiths cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, all, they were all featured in the, in the promotion of this film as well. Yeah, they're um, horny for hits. Oh. <laughs> so like, that was the just, original name. That's it, horny for hits, man. That's the French translation of Lear's Dangerous or And maybe like with Bittersweet Symphony excluded from that because of its pivotal uh, role in the film, this is probably the most famous kind of uh, and telling song from the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. Is that, is that what you use when Ryan Philippe like, gets hit by a car or something? No, it's where he hands Spoilers, man. with Come a spoon on. the CD and says, the only Cruel Intentions I have is keeping this hot new band a secret. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes! I remember that line. Oh, <laughs> that moment we all know and love. It, it's direct address. Yeah, like, I was just going to say, straight, straight yeah. camera. Yeah. It's canon. And then the available now is flashing yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like at the end of Back to the Future 2 where it ends just up being a cheap plug for Back to the Future 3? That's all Cruel Intentions is. They go through all this shit and it's just to plug the soundtrack we're not here to badmouth back to the future david i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but i think there's a very good reason why this song is one of the songs that is most closely tied to cruel intentions such that when you talk about this you you can't talk about the other because i just think thematically they match really really well um you know talking about the particular kind of cruelty within romance or being filled with with relationships and using people and all that kind of stuff. It's so classic placebo. It's exactly what they're playing with, not only in this song, but kind of throughout the course of, of their career. They've got this nihilistic, bratty, enfant terrible kind of thing going on where it's just kind of like, it just smacks of like casual sex and promiscuity and, and nihilism, right? Yeah, like, just, just non-Christian naughty things. That you yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's hell just terrible. Yeah. We don't yeah. condone them at all. <laughs> no. Um, They're all just fucking like rabbits out there. It's disgusting. <laughs> but I mean, it's, but it's so seductive, right? Like both, both in terms of like the, the film itself and then also, you know, what Placebo is playing within this track, you know, but at the same I'll time... I Brian Molko and Brian Philippe as a sexual awakening moment. <laughs> so like, this is a Fully. very solid Venn diagram for me. But I think it's I'll like... Throw up. <laughs> Everyone's horny for Brian. Yeah, Grow exactly. Up. <laughs> You're not special. <laughs> On that, all that whole thing, like yeah. for me personally, I I got into placebo in high school, and I could not have been further from that kind of <laughs> ideal. Like I, you, you joke about being a good little Christian yeah, boy. Say, what, what kind oh, of school, yeah, what kind of school did you go to, Adam? It was Anglican. <laughs> it was very Anglican, and I was leading prayer groups and all that kind of stuff at, at that time. Um, very, very different. But I, I don't think that that is weird that I was into placebo, is the thing. Like, I think... Cognitive dissonance, I believe, is the phrase you're looking for. Well, no, for. no, I just, I just think, like, you know, to have it encapsulated so nicely in that world, it allows you to visit and participate in it in this kind of way. Yeah, you I can know what I mean? that, yeah. Because also because, like, I get danceable pop music as well, right? Like, yeah. being like... Well, that's the thing. Having, being, like, someone whose heart is stuck in, like, the 80s tragic goth community. Yeah. The, can like, you tell? I know that the, um, like... <laughs> The the best kind of miserable songs are also danceable, and this is great misery and great dance music. Like, True. 
like not dance music. I'm sure someone somewhere is shuddering, being like, "That's not fucking UDM." <laughs> yeah, but like it's groovy and it's fun. It's easy to sing along to the chorus, and like Brian in everything that he does is such an awesomely cool, tragic, weirdo, gender bending, like kind of both asexual and hypersexual figure and it's so mm. so cool and he channels that in all of his best songs and it's definitely here and they d- and they d- despite being a really accessible band yeah. as well like, like this was like obviously so cool. a huge song number five here an international yeah. hit yeah for what is like easily a, their biggest song yeah and mm. like a band that like the face of the band is this like kind of amorphous gender queer badass yeah. guy and yeah. that's so cool for a 90s thing to be big yeah right? and like Absolutely. us growing up we wouldn't have seen anything like that at that no, point yeah. no. like you know the generation before us obviously had people like Bowie and shit but like this was our first exposure to like the fact that oh but he's a dude but he doesn't look like a dude what's the story there yeah. and you know you start questioning a lot of shit after that and you know it's a real like unlocking the floodgates kind of moment especially if you're a fucking queer mo like your boy over here and the other thing is that they just they don't hold themselves within that ever too seriously which is like the the way you can uh, completely like sabotage your own nihilism is by taking it too seriously right mm. they just throw everything away and i think that that's kind of at play with the song as well like i've always thought brian's lyrics are just so playful but in a, like a kind of childish nursery rhymes kind of sing song yeah, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box I choose, no other box yeah. I choose to use. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, just, that it's could just... be That could be any. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. playful. So at the same time, you're dealing with like this this level of cruelty <laughs> and, and sexuality or whatever. It's, it's not held too lightly. And I think like the, the pop accessibility plays into that as well in the sense that they... Most times when you get a band and they really sharpen themselves down to to being like the, the, their core in a, in a pop sense like the big pop single is never a band's best song but this might be placebo's best song yeah it's a good song like, I, I love you it. don't like yeah. it no i love it it's just like i don't know like, the, i think the first placebo record is my favorite placebo record i agree that's yeah. a very valid point yeah, yeah I, I agree with that too yeah. my bucket music is also good <laughs> fucking so. jack riley piping yeah. in <laughs> yeah. Ian on the payroll you know, still fired right <laughs> yeah. yeah actually nathan i'm curious because like I don't know, you've not really had You're like the a spit of Brian Yo, Malko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. We've got Brian no, Malko no, no, here tonight. Like, yeah. you've, you've kind of like, we, we've always had like, you know, like intense fucking moments with placebo, but it was, you know, you're just kind of been like, they're fine, you know? Yeah, I think, because I mean, we've talked about them before, yeah. including earlier this season, which we all remember. Uh, uh, reminiscing. <laughs> but in high school, when I was getting into music, it was mostly punk and. I saw an authenticity in that that at the time I certainly didn't see in Placebo. Sure. Mm. I think I looked at Placebo and I looked at the people around me that were getting into Placebo and I just saw the sort of artifice and construction of it. Um, and <laughs> now, as an adult, I know that everything... <laughs> sorry, what? Nothing, it's all right. Sorry, just, is it because you're a homophobe? <laughs> wow. He's okay. not, he's a good man. <laughs> Thank you. We can say that, we went to Catholic I'll, schools. I'll vouch for him. <laughs> but, you know, now certainly as... As an adult, I know that nothing is authentic and everything is constructed <laughs> and full of artifice, even and particularly, especially the punk music that I was listening to at the time. <laughs> Who was your favourite band at the time? Our friends are wrong. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the worst band of all time. <laughs> but <laughs> can't get through a single let without mentioning. Oh, they're not as bad as Tism. Oh, <laughs> get out. Jack, get out. I'm joking. It's not yeah. funny. Can anymore. we turn you Jack's mic out. off, sorry? <laughs> Don't hear this slander. <laughs> But but now certainly I can I can like like you were saying there's there's a real playfulness to to what's going on particularly yeah. with the sexuality of it all mm. and and those lyrics and it's beautiful and this is just like a fun it is dancey it's a jam it's yeah. great 
I really like that when they were sort of approached to have it on the soundtrack and everything, Brian Melko kind of looked at clips of the movie or got whatever, and he said if, uh, about Ryan Phillip, if he doesn't die, we don't do it. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. Which is a cool thing yeah. to say in any negotiation. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Rightfully yeah. died so this song could live. Yeah. That's fucking. That's martyrdom <laughs> right yeah. there. Um, Ryan Philippe is the Jesus of our generation. Um, the other great fact I love about this song is that it was originally titled Heavy Metal Petting Zoo. That's pretty good. That's would, pretty sick. Yeah. Would it have been as successful <laughs> if it had yeah. continued with that title? Well, that, that, that's not the it's chorus not either, so you'd still be salty. I would still be mad, <laughs> is the thing. Yeah. It maybe makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really love this, um, the lyric in that. It, it's only comfort calling late because nothing else to do. Yeah, right. That's yeah. part of like all... There's always been that kind of element of like in relationships like or like casual relationships or whatever where you're like, oh, I'll call this person kind of thing. But it's just like super fucking predicted modern day dating with like Tinder and all the other ones and that. It's like a fucking been in a relationship oh, for ten like years. Bumble, so I don't know how to use this shit. Like, yeah, on like, grinder. I'm yeah. on grinder, guys. Find me. <laughs> um, or yeah, but like that, that idea of like nothing else to do, might as well like call or try and communicate with another person, not because you're desperate for anything specific, just because you're desperate to reach out and reach something. And I yeah. think like so much of Placebo's music is all about it's that kind totally. of that longing for connection in any capacity between humans, and it's always like under the bubbling under the surface. And it's always hits home when they bring it out. But I, I don't know how hopeful they are that it actually exists no, or it's yeah. something that they can achieve. Like, I reckon Molko got pretty late in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. reckon my man was doing just yeah. fine. But did his soul get laid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did his yeah. heart get yeah. laid? Yeah. The soul lay is tricky. Oh, it's oh. Um, there's a great line. I asked him what it's, who's it about and he said, um, who's it about? I'm not really sure just yet. I think it's about a lot of people, probably anybody, everybody who's had the displeasure of sleeping with me. So he clearly he clearly betted a lot of apparently unlucky people. Like, uh, but also it is about everyone that will be experiencing the horrors of Y2K. That is true, Obviously. Nathan. Yeah. It's clear that Obviously. at this point in time, That's what I Brian, like many other songwriters, are addressing that and every you, every me is... All of us, we're all going to be affected yeah, as all. the systems that we depend on shut down around it's us. true. Yeah. No, this season. Every season. <laughs> you're, you're in it. I don't think it's really something to joke about, to be fair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a Ixnay on the 2KA. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sad. I think we should open the phone lines. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Is there anyone Is here? anyone calling? Yeah. yeah. Is, there an, is there anyone calling? Anyone having a barbecue right now? Tommy, can you hear Anyone here? from... Does anybody have any memories about Shazza this song they like to share? Day. Don't feel not stressed, but if well, you do want to mouth off... They're too fucking scared to sit in the front row. They're not going to talk to us. Anyone? That's fine. That yeah. is, yeah. yes. That's fine. That's, that's why Jack ain't getting paid tonight. Resolutely unpopular song. Yeah. <laughs> Hate it. Is what we're getting. Despise that's fine. Oh, later in, um, the, in 2009 when Triple J did the um, Horace 100 yes. of all time, it came in at a mere 83, so Ooh, we, yeah. we, we all kind of soured on it, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From, from 5 to 83. The journey we all take in life from 5 to 83. <laughs> yeah. Unless you die a coward at 82. Um, say la vie, Brian. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm not sure whose beer this is, but I'm drinking it because I'm not going to enable myself. So thanks. Whoever it, bought it this. Was, it was my beer, I think. <laughs> Can I just say quickly, it would be a very different Hottest 100 on Triple J if they opened up the phones and there was just no one there. <laughs> 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 hey, that was... <sighs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's just it's Adam and one Will. Song happened, it's just one person sitting in the booth just with one. 
<laughs> just one party <laughs> adult, and they set off a cracker by themselves. <sighs> it's anyway. all about confidence, baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got literally too, too soon, too soon, too decades. Soon. <laughs> decades until we have to deal with it. Oh, lordy, lordy. All right, uh, let's move on to number four in the 1999 Hottest 100. It's number four, so why try harder? This is Praise You by Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. Does anyone remember the dance? No, no, no. Was it like that? Was it that? Was it a bit of that? I remember it started like... Dave, yeah. Dave, 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 Dave. It started mad simple. It was like a wine of it just doing one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to do it on top of the table. Spike Jones directed number four in the 1999 Hardest 100. Praise you by Fatboy Slim from the album You've Come a Long Way, Baby. I remember backstage we were worried that we might not be theatrical enough because <laughs> yeah. we're just, just, just five white dudes sitting at a desk. Uh, bitch, I did drama in year 12, so... Um, I just heard, I heard from an informant that Renee had something to say about Placebo if they would like to do it now, or is it too late, Renee? Oh, Renee, no. Renee. If the yeah. phone lines are ringing, yeah, the phone <laughs> we need to put Jack no to work. I think this is a tripping hazard, to be fair. Hello, can you hear me? I think Hi there. Can, yay, good, hello. Good, good. Hi Where there. are you calling from? I'm calling from Canberra. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts is Canberra? I haven't heard of it. Canberra. Check it out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it was just about Placebo. I think they were quite big around that time because... Um, they supported Kylie Minogue when she was doing her Impossible oh, Princess shit. tour. That, 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 so is th- that is honour of honours. That's not like oh, actually fuck, saw it in Canberra. That's my favourite Kylie record. <laughs> fuck. So they they supported her. So that's maybe one of the reasons why it may have been so high in the hottest one hundred. Maybe. Um, also, I mean, we do love our Kylie. There you go. There's a connection that I had. Fantastic. Oh, Thank you, Renee. Renee. Can I just say how Thank handsome you, you all look? Thank you, Renee. Hell yeah. Thank you for doing the locomotion with us. Much obliged. <laughs> just on that, like. That makes no sense, but at the same time makes so much sense. Right? I think it makes perfect <laughs> sense. I love that episode of Neighbours where Brian Molko comes out. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets married. Tony, and Tony write, write, listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And they write innocent eyes together. Yeah, oh. he, uh, yeah. This seems like uh, the best time as any for my grand reveal. This is the other song from the Cruel Intention soundtrack. Hey! hey. Now, go. is this the song that gets played when Ryan Philippe is hit by a car? Uh, yeah, and then everyone just starts dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing in the streets, yeah. man. It's beautiful. Okay, who's doing this one? I will. I'll do this one. You will? Yeah. All right. So this is a song uh, praising the people that are working to prevent the Y2K disaster <laughs> from happening. Uh, 
scientists, computer technicians. We've come like thousands of years. And if we can just make it past this next little, you know, speed bump, Whoa. then maybe we can, I don't know, have Donald Trump and Facebook and all yeah. the things. <laughs> the, thing, the things about modern life we all know. We and all know today. Things that yeah. make you go... Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, this is the third single of You've Come a Long Way, Baby. Um, it's also the highest charting single. I mean, this song is just great. It's so fun and joyous and playful. And like so much Fatboy Slim, it's fun on a sort of superficial dance level, but then you just get to have as much fun as you want digging into how he put it together, seeing all like the playful elements of his craft, but then also just like looking at the samples themselves. And this song is like another great example of that. So the vocal track comes from a Camille Yabra song called Take Your Praise off the album The Iron Pot Cooker. Jem, do you want to drop a bit of that? We've come a long, long way together. Fucking vaporwave mix. <laughs> Through the hard times and the good. No. I have to celebrate you, baby. Ryan Phillips, dad. I have to praise you like I should. You're so I'm Sarah Michelle Geller and I'm sad. Okay, got to the groove there in a second, but like, it's so fucking weird hearing that, not like, yeah, it's really weird hearing that isolated thing at that pace. So, Camille Yabra was a singer, songwriter, an activist, an actor. This was the last track of her first album, which was based on her like one woman show. And she made more royalties off the Fatboy Slim song than everything else combined. Which Which haven't we all? Not surprising. And, <laughs> and But, you know, like, credit to her. That album, The Iron Pot Cro- uh, Cooker, is touted as a bit of a precursor to the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Wow. Just in terms Very of the nice. kind of stuff she was dealing with and the sort of spoken word blues elements in it, which is quite cool. It's a pretty good album. Very cool. Um, so that's the vocal track, and that's great. The piano riff is from a test album by the audio company JBL called Sessions, just to test a bunch of tones. We, we all know it, right? Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. When it, when it comes that's to classic, when it comes to test patterns, that's that's my jam, man. And that's the piano, right? That's the piano. That's the piano. And literally, I believe that the the amount that he samples is all there is of that piano riff. Yeah, it's just that one. Just that. That's great. Then when everything kicks in. You get a clip from the Fat Albert cartoon theme song. Ooh, and boy. the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about that one anymore, guys. <laughs> the guitar is from a Mickey Mouse disco version of It's a Small World, which is just like so bizarre and like singular. Like you, you mm. have this great idea of Norman Cook, Fatboy Slim, as this you know, great crate digger, but like just piecing it together. You really good to get a good sense of like just how good he is at seeing things and being able to transpose them to something completely different. All these samples for, from the seventies as well, which yeah. I think is probably an intentional bit of a theme there. I don't know, actually. You'd hope so. I feel like Fatboy Slim's doing okay. Yeah, Nate. Oh, there's a Steve Miller band sample in there as well. The drums, I think. But also, like, Norman at this time was still running his own club in Brighton, right? So yep. it's entirely possible that he wasn't making very much money off his recorded material Wait, and instead was, tech. you know, like, running other businesses at the time. Cook net worth. 
According to Celebrity Net Worth, Fatboy Slim or Norman Quentin Cook is one of the tremendously popular and richest DJs of the electronic music industry. His net worth is estimated to be around $30 million. So he's shit. Yeah, he's tremendously popular. Just keep the colourful language out, please. We're just after the facts, Google. Tremendously popular. What does that mean? It's not your show, Siri. But you're right. Like it's so great seeing like because I think of those kind of '90s big beat artists that got that mm. broke into the mainstream, like the Chemical Brothers and the Prodigy and that, and yeah, yeah. like Fatboy Slim in particular. I think really wanted to stretch the limits of what big beat house music could be. And like in here, like it's obviously still like a like what you'd call like a techno dance track, but like yeah. the pop hook accessibility of it all is just so goddamn masterful it's that you people I remember even as a kid when like like when you're like a moron and you don't understand that electronic music is cool or whatever and you're like oh it's just loops and that um, but I remember hearing um, Around the World for the first time it was like one of the the first electronic tracks I can remember and as a kid I got angry that they allowed this song that was the same thing again and again I was like who like someone needs to get in trouble for this <laughs> yeah. this is not allowed always getting in yeah. trouble yeah. tough punk yeah. however yeah. Off scot-free. It's the same thing when I first heard Rockefeller Skank and we talked about that song, which is mm. also off this album and also a really big hit for Fatboy Slim or whatever. It, bl- it broke my mind. What I also think is super amazing about Big Beat as a movement and also about, you know, particularly Norman Cook is that accessibility that you mentioned and whatever and the fact yeah. that it was so poppy. In contrast to what Electronica had been doing culturally not so long ago, it was yeah. really positioning itself as an outsider underground you're either one of us or you're not you either get it or you don't kind of thing and here is this song that realistically could not possibly be any more accessible than it is yeah it's It's pure hook and just that idea of um like the idea that the remix or the beat sampling stuff like that could be considered art unto itself rather than just a dance idea it's something that was like at this point this is like 1999 it's 20 years ago and even now this song still sounds fucking modern as hell yeah, because totally. there's only so many ways that you can expand the idea of sampled music and particularly big beat yeah. like also just a fucking what a name for a genre right <laughs> like the beats are big sure yeah. um, um, well does what yeah. it says on the tin yeah. let's send it up um the, yeah, no, the, the yeah. most fucked thing is like if you open up the fucking booklet of uh, "You've Come a Long Way, Baby," you see his whole setup, and the computer is an absolute hunk of shit. Like if we were in charge, well, of it could like, still ruin us yeah. if those scientists don't sort it out. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, as soon as it all goes to zeros, we're, we're all, all fucked. I mean, no computers. But, uh, at the time, this obviously is a pre Y two K era, so uh, the computer was working. But like, if we like if us now were in charge of that computer, we would have barely been able to get like a fucking document open. And he's like creating fucking masterpieces on that shit. I saw a video just like today or yesterday about him constructing Rockefeller Skank and it was just like like bring up all the samples and stuff and he's like, oh, Praise's on this one. He had like floppy disks. It was yeah. just like, it's this is on this one, this is on this one, this is on this one. That's I how I was I'm, like, what are you doing? What even is that? God damn, man. I just like, that's not even related, but I, I'm just like, because I am like a 30 year old like sad guy I'm just endlessly fucking nostalgic for that like crappy era of computers where it seemed interesting yeah. putting the fucking wide the A disc floppy in and you're like oh my god look the Oregon Trail that's a whole game man yeah and now like if I'm like out somewhere and like, I can't like check Twitter I'm just like what the fuck <laughs> fuck you Steve Jobs and it's like, like I have more technology in my hand right now than Norman Cook had and this is the most technologically advanced thing I can do with my phone that's it. Yeah. I can play the noise from Inception. 
That's it. That's so a tie. Not I only think. did he construct, you know, find all these ridiculous samples, but the way that he put them together and the combined aesthetic that he creates with it, and then the way he somehow manages to. I don't know. When I listen to this song, I almost think like it's from the point of view of an old couple. Like that's always oh, what sure. I thought when yeah, I heard this yeah, as a yeah. kid. It's just like you oh. can see there's like full choreography and celebration and everything. So we dance over Ryan Philippe's dead body. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This old married couple, yeah. and that's who's speaking this. The, the, the words of it, like just we've come a long way together. I have to praise you. It's like all of a sudden discovering, like, no, this person that I'm with, I actually love a whole heap. It's very sweet. In yeah. stark contrast to the expectations of placebo, and also, um, but it's also in contrast to the to the sample as well because from the sample I get the feeling of like oh I have to praise you but then like <laughs> from this one from the song no, I, I get like oh I have it. to praise you I, I gotta do it I gotta credit praise credit you, you. Like, but even even like the way that the piano sounds it just sounds to me like it could have been just like someone banging it out in like a rec center totally. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like between like the, the this old timey kind of idea and the you know like rec center it's just like oddball and mothball and like <laughs> for that to be the focus and aesthetic of a of an amazing big beat pop electronic dance jam yeah and the central so focus cool. of the video too well let's talk about the video yes right? please can we okay so it's directed by spike jones it is categorically one of the greatest videos of all time and it features a community dance troupe doing a very very Amateur, very basic. Well, don't editorialize. Uh, dance what? Wow. Oh my god. It's just Bitch, a dance routine. If you have it. anything to say to that dance troupe, you can just say it to me it, first. It's fucking amateur, all right? Well, I did get that's, paid. That's, that's basically the rules. But the amazing thing about that video is it only cost like eight hundred bucks to make, and it was yeah. and it was oh, then expensive. nominated for so <laughs> many video awards that year. Because then you got to spare eight hundred bucks. Yeah, it's in the budget. Oh. For me? Um, or? Like, oh, <laughs> absolutely not for you. Absolutely not. That's, that was a callback to me man. not getting paid. That yeah, was the joke paid. that it's I did. still happening. <laughs> the joke of me. Um... It's not a callback if it's still happening. But uh, also, I should just say that pound for pound and video by video, Fatboy Slim maybe has one of the best track records oh, for dude. video yeah. clips for his songs yeah. of like any artist that even, I can name. Even it's into halfway, through, halfway between the gutter. Like, obviously, we've all seen the Christopher Walken video. We've all... Uh, but right we'll here, right now, that one. Hansen, uh, as it were. they're all good, man. They're all so good. It's the best. I said Christopher, Christopher Danson. <laughs> Christopher Danson. <laughs> just having your own little right, time over you. here. I'm having my <laughs> own podcast from here. Anyone wants to join what me? What is the Come deal? <laughs> Forget these hacks. Fuck, you are so fired. Hottest Splinter Jack podcast. and Jack. <laughs> Enjoy walking home, man. Yeah, I live so far yeah, away. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can listen to Horace Hines with a thousand dollars. You can, or you can listen to The Jack Off. <laughs> Ehon. Obviously, this is a fucking incredible song. Like it's a like a masterpiece of late nineties dance music, and like there are still artists like half Norman Cook's age with six times the fucking technology that are still trying to catch up to this record. Like, to this day. Like and number one, why try harder? Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, also just, like, quietly. Because right? now he's, like, quieted down as an artist. Like, there's some sample work here, and he still plays live all the time. But he's really quiet, and I'm waiting for him to um, come out as, like, a, an online, like, fuckwit. Or, like, be, like, a racist <laughs> or something. He's no, waiting for just, the just, drop just, for him to be just problematic. Because, yeah. Just because it'd be good to call him Fuckboy Slim. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Open the phone lines. 
Hey, has anyone got anything to say about Fuckboy Slim? Yes. Yes. Hey, right. here we go. Woo. Hey. Um, are you going to tell us that he is an internet arsehole? Like oh, he's yes. a no-deal Brexiter or something? Hi, who are, are we, we going to break here? Are we breaking a Me Too story on Fatboy Slim? <laughs> <laughs> I wow. hope not, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are hey, the worst you've ever had. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hi, who are we talking to today on the phone lines? Oh, hi, it's Lucy here from Canberra. Wow. Hi, where are you calling from? Sorry. Oh, Canberra, Australia's greatest city, obviously. Oh, oh, oh it's, nice. it's 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 the biggest Australia's biggest city. Is that right? Wow. It's the capital, it's the capital it's the city. It's the only city in Australia. <laughs> okay, so basically, this song is my sexual awakening song. Yeah. But well, hold up, hold up. It's not. It's like an. It's like the nerdiest take on that you could ever get. Great. So let me tell Even you better. the story. When I was like 14, 15 years old, I was I went to an all girls school and there was a choir. That was formed between my school and this boys' school, right? So I got into this choir. It was very exciting, and I had a cro- thank you. It was it was a big deal. I was a soprano, okay? Whoa. Yeah. So I was in this choir. <laughs> anyway, in the choir there was this guy, this dreamy guy called Andrew, and good right, name, right? See. <laughs> And so he, he sounds dreamy. He was, <laughs> right? And he could play the piano part of that song so on the piano and he used to play it all the time and all the girls would like run over to the piano and he would play it. And basically I swooned over him and it was my sexual awakening, but he never liked me and he drove like an old Volvo and I thought that was really hot. <laughs> and that's basically my story. Wow. I'm team you. I'm not team Andrew. I like, I mean, this Andrew's all right, but thank you for the calling in. That's, Has anyone else got anything to say about Fatboy Slim? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'll see how long this mic lead is. Uh, if anyone... no, other way, other way, other way, other way. Huh? I can probably talk for a good half an hour on this subject, so <laughs> right, just pick cool. your questions. Really sorry, sorry, dudes. Like you know, give no, me please. some time limit here, right? Jemis. Oh, look. Okay, uh, let's contextualize it a little bit. So, Fat Boy Slim used to be in funk bands, right? He used yeah. to be in Freak Power. He was a funk soul brother. Yep, funk soul dude. And like the UK dudes were mad record collectors, really obsessed with old Northern soul and funk and soul things. When when Americans had pretty much forgot about it, Americans had pretty much distilled just jazz loops into hip-hop, right? Until about 1996 when DJ Shadow created Introducing, yep, which got really big in the UK. It was actually NME that actually really broke Introducing, right? It's one of those great examples that are easily forgotten where it's sort of like things happen in America, UK does some shit with it, and then, you know, they feed off each other. And I think Fatboy Slim is a good example of that. UK people really embraced DJ Shadow. Sampling music got really popular. I mean, in 1999, you're talking about the release of Moby's Play, which is like, you know, one of those albums that had every single song in that album was actually a single. So to contextualize it, back, a- back again to Fatboy Slim. It's a UK dude who's been raised in American music and really sort of pushing the culture and the art. You know, he's not the first to do it. He's not the biggest to do it, whatever. But I think he came at a time when, you know, certain things have already been paved and whatnot and sort of ran with it. Anyway, that's like the really short version. <laughs> and he did it in, a, in one of the most fun and enduring ways, arguably, like just in terms of pure enjoyment. You know? Yeah, absolutely. He made, like, he made it fun. I, I mean, back in those days, 1999, a lot of DJs actually finished their sets with Praise You. That's awesome. And why wouldn't you? you? Know what I mean? Fuck. Like no matter what, no matter what sort of genre of music, like you know, I'd be, you know, listening to, um, oh man, like you know, jungle sets or whatever. 
back then. Even like trans sets and dudes that just finish with praise you. That's so cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, boy. Hey. What's going on? Hi. Thanks for calling in. What's your name? Ruben from Canberra. Hell yeah. Mad, where are you, uh, whereabouts in Canberra are you calling from today? Uh, from Hackett. The real shit. Yeah, that's right. The real shit. Just a bit of uh, trivia. I read uh, like a, a magazine article that interviewed with Norman Cook and they showed photos of, of those floppy disks. And uh, judging by the, the names of songs that were written on the floppy disk, he was able to narrow down that like three of the big hits from that album, he would have made them in the same week based on them all, the names all being written on the same floppy disk. There you go. That sucks, man. It took me three weeks to prep this. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Harmony Anyone is six. Else? Let's move on to number three in the 1999 Hottest 100. This is The Tenants, and it's a little ditty called You Shit Me to Tears. Hell yeah. Scar is not dead, baby. You shit me to tears Am I making this clear? Just give me a break For fuck's sake For fuck's Woo, yeah, that's the tenants. tenants Oh, there are some Scarf fans in the room tonight Oh, that was the tenants with you shit me to tears. Now, who is dissecting this guy? Yeah, um, right. Yeah, the tenants, man. The noted scar enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Again, that's libelous. Um, well, th- thank you for. I, I know there was a, a lot of songs, but I'm glad that you picked this one up. Yeah. Um, you picked it up. You yes. picked it up. You picked it up. Well, uh, the <laughs> yeah, the, the tenants, man. This is um, weirdly high for a band whose first record came out in 2006. Um, <laughs> Yeah, their discog disc, like uh, dates make no yeah, sense. Yeah, man, because right? um, these guys, um, I'm not sure if we uh, have any um, Nancy Vandal fans in the audience. Ooh. Yes, most of them um, are on stage. On stage, yeah. This was half of Nancy Vandal at the time. It's JJ Lamore, uh, the bass player, and uh, Dean Bakoda on drums. Um, Cleats had this fun little side project that they wanted to just have like some kind of pub rock slash ska rock. I will admit there are some upstrokes in there, and you could pick it up, pick it up. Hell um, yeah, baby! I yes. just did. Yeah, and this was their like kind of their first single, and their only one for a number of years. Why improve on perfection? Like, do you think? Do you think they could have written this in a week? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yes. But um, this um, Fatboy Slim three hits in a week. Like, these guys. The tenants. Look, well, the numbers don't lie. It's beat fucking well. praise you. Yeah. I remember, um, <laughs> Never the, the, you know, uh, after the Highest 100, Triple J, I'm not sure if they still do because who buys CDs anymore? Um, we'll just pirate our music through Napster because it's 999. Oh, the best. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Get in while you can because exactly. music is not going to yeah. exist. Exactly. Yeah, we download the underscore tenants underscore hyphen shit me to tears dot XE. Don't worry, Dad, it's not a virus. It's not yeah. a virus, <laughs> um, I swear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song, the, when the um, Hot 100 were making CDs, 
and I, this this year was the first one that I remember owning as a child or as a yeah as an eleven year old. It's still childish. And I remember, like, obviously, this song when you're a kid, it's funny because it has some swears. Um, and it's, as an Quite adult, a prominent one. Yeah, as an adult, it's funny because it has swears. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's just an absolute jam, and just like, like, there's a little man that sticks in my mind. Tries to find everybody with an axe to grind. All I've got to say about it, you shit me to tears. I'm making this clear for fuck's sake. Everybody has known that fucking Thanks guy, man. The William Shatner version yeah, of that one. That's, that's my fucking life, man. You shit um, you me to shit tears. You shit me <laughs> to tears. Am I making this clear? Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's just super fun from this one-off, at the time, one-off fucking single is Guys Made. And I remember in like 2003 or 2004, I remember seeing Nancy Vandal live. And afterwards, I was having a beer with JJ. I'm like, when are you going to make a Tenants record? And he's like, the f- oh, fucking hell, the Tenants? Like, <laughs> clearly, oh, that old thing. clearly, none of it was a serious thing at the time. But this song itself at the time won, it was a regional Triple J Unearthed winner in, the, in 998. So obviously then got tons of airplay in 99. And like, I'm so fucking glad it's here. It's just this, that kind of, when people... I think foolishly lament the change in the House 100 because music changes, whatever, deal with it. We're listening to Drake now, apparently. Um, a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some of us do. Yeah. And, but like when people lament the idea of Triple J in the 90s, I think this is the kind of music they kind of lament because like weirdo, admittedly blokey kind of rock that has swears about like a roommate you don't like. Un- unfortunately, harbored by a scar riff. Um, <laughs> Thin fucking ice. Yeah, playing my <laughs> hand here, real open. Yeah, like it's just like quintessential '90s Horace 100 music, right? Like that kind of fun, over-the-top, sweary kind of punk rock song that has some upstrokes. Who knows what genre it is? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, fucking labouring on this more than I thought I was going oh. to. It's so fucking cool, and the fact they got to number three is just ridiculous. I love that idea, and it's just super fun. It's a total underdog moment. It's you know? so hottest one hundred though, right? So like, oh yeah, fuck that yeah. a song like this can get this high. And the band's only been around for like a year, and they're just the regional unearth winners from Bathurst. Not that many Bathurst bands that we get to talk yeah. about. What? Really? Yeah. Weird. Well, the next band's from Violet Town, so. Oh yeah. 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 Regional <laughs> Australia showing up strong. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? That was really good. <laughs> I think Canberra's been at war with Violet Town. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. We stumbled into a feud. Yeah. Shelbyville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really funny joke. From the crowd. Oh. Do you want a mic? <laughs> what was the? Jo- I missed it. They said they called Violet Town Shelbyville. <laughs> no, nice. Yeah. Oh, like nice. The sh- like the thing. Oh. Don't make fun of it, De- Deej. It's, it's a good joke. I'd never heard this song before. Wow. So until like now. How? Well, You're older you, than me. But you know, okay, how? You know, when you hear songs, I hadn't done that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but how had you managed so to? It's avoid a bold it. strategy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, I didn't listen to Triple J when I was 10 or 9 or whatever. Yeah. Those are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was already like listening to pirate radio. Um, so underground. I'd heard of it as, as a song that was near the top of this countdown, but I'd never heard it. No one's played this to me ever. Like, Dude, I'm the same with you, man. Yeah, see? I, see? I hadn't heard it in, until now. Well, Clearly, you, you, obviously, that's, that goes without saying. Are we alone? He, is anyone else... Does anyone else in the room big tenants heads? <laughs> no, <laughs> not tenants heads. Yeah, anyone from the tenants here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Statistically, probably. Who, you never know. Has anyone never heard this song before? Yeah, never. there you go. Yeah. Oh, right. Thank you. All right, Nathan. I'm sure you'll agree with me that this song is obviously written about 
the fact that well, it's about Y2K, <laughs> right? And you know, the, and the, how Y2K shits us all to tears. You know, the threat of it. There's a break. Yeah, the potential. <laughs> the, that it, the people that are downplaying the severity of the problem. That's what. No, that's yeah. who this song is about. The classic Dougie. He's no know it all. <laughs> Dougie is is a real like, I guess denier, a Y2K denier. Yeah. Are you talking Dougie the pizza guy? No, Dougie, Dougie the guy in the song. Yeah. He gets named and shamed. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. They, 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 they call okay. out Dougie, yeah. I've heard this song before. <laughs> I've heard the song The Tenants, You Shoot Me This Here's before. So just kind of on that, Scar. and again, coming from the point of view of someone who has no history with the song and only kind of heard it here, I feel like it's it's kind of mean and bullyish and not in like a cool way. Man, it's fun to bully people. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard? Like, but I feel like... As someone who was bullied in high school, I'm pretty sure it's cool. They don't put yeah. forward... <laughs> Every time those cunts took my lunch money, I'm like, fuck this owns. But um, they, I just feel like in the course of the song, they never put forward a compelling case as to why they're so mean towards this guy. Sometimes you don't need one. Well, Sometimes you just have someone that shits you, you to off. tears. Have you never been shitted to tears? I've been shat. Shat to tears. Shat yeah. to tears. Shit, shat, shot. Yeah, you, know, after I like a, you know, after like a big burrito? Yeah. <laughs> But oh. I, I feel like I've, I've been able to come up with more compelling arguments than he has a big car and he drives real fast. It's Ugh. Bathurst! <laughs> right, do you, do, well, it's what it, if it's Peter Brock? Is, You're going to tell him not to drive real fast in Bathurst? Is climate change a joke to you, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> we, got one, we only got one planet, mate. <laughs> but also, also like, I, I, there's something, and I feel like this is rooted in some deep trauma, but like when someone, when someone says they're a know-it-all, and like that to me is just kind of like, man, what what is it that you're really complaining about? I don't know. Something about you know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on side here because I'm gonna bring up Tism. Oh, all right. Oh, oh all right. I thought you were gonna be on side. <laughs> right. Like, if we're talking about know it alls, got to talk about my fucking dickhead. So mate. the song that we Tism talked about, band. by Tism, last year, um, in the last season, what are you? Where Tism clearly says that in Australia, you're either a yob or you're a wanker. And I feel like in this song, it's just a bunch of yobs complaining about a wanker. And that's just it. And that's, to me, not a, a compelling argument to say, I want to smash his head into a barbed wire fence. Yeah, it, well, it, it continues the narrative that the poets This Is Serious Mum set out to do. Which, <laughs> in, 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 divi- in dividing the country, if you've read the Tism Guide to Little Aesthetics... <laughs> um, the fact that Australia is divided between yobs and wankers, it's a divide that can't be passed. The yobs will antagonise the wankers who are shitting them to tears, my it's friend. It's what we're wont to do. <laughs> this, is, this song isn't taking a moral stance. It's just saying that the yobs will smash the wanker's face into a barbed wire fence. Pick a side, mate. What, what, what are ya? Yob or wanker? I feel like it's pretty clear that I have picked a side. <laughs> Also, I I would like to counter that by saying this song would be so much less interesting if it featured an entire backstory. It's just like, the year was 1994 and we were hanging out at school and he really pissed me off one time at lunch and now I really... I think there's room for a boys to men style, really low voice backstory like Dougie. Oh yeah, just in the middle. You know, baby, you've been shitting me to tears a whole lot of times. Just give me something like that. <laughs> See, what you, you, want, you want to complain, raising the hand to be like, well, one time he tweeted the N-word. And like, oh, yeah, good, yeah. Fuck exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cancel, cancel yeah. Dougie. Yeah, cancel Dougie. Yeah, I don't know. 2019. Hashtag cancel Dougie. Well, I just want to say, I think it's nice, like, looking back on it, especially, I, again, I hadn't heard this song before, but, like, when we look on old Hottest 100s or whatever, and particularly most of the songs we're talking about tonight, like, you know, they're huge songs that like have huge critical acclaim and a real legacy to them. Yeah. This is not like a great song 
in Whoa. the sense that, like, Praise You... Whoa. No, no, but it's not. Like, Praise You is a great song that has had an influence and a legacy. And, like, this is... Hoops. <laughs> this is better than Hoops, You though. are so fired. Well, this is actually the, the very first Scar song ever written, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's something really cool that The Hottest 100 can be all these huge songs that are really like monoliths of that year that like will go on forever but also just a reminder that like it's okay to like a dumb fun song that is just like that yeah. is this that yeah. is just yeah. like the most swears per dollar if, if you're putting it into a karaoke machine fuck yeah and i and i pay it for that don't yeah. don't don't get I don't me wrong think you do you've, you've just spent the last 20 minutes over intellectualizing the whole thing that's how he shows love like, the very first winner of the Hazard 100 is, of course, Dennis Leary's asshole. Yeah. Like, there, there is a precedent that the Hazard 100 at this time could be jokey. And that's one thing that I will give the uh, the Hazard 100 has changed too much crowd is that you don't really get these weirdo one-off novelty songs in there. That's why I thought that was so it's cool. harder for sure. The year before Just Gone that Big Shaq got in with Man's Not Hot. There was a that was moment. so cool. It was that, like, that, that song that, fucking rules. It, it's awesome. But like, it's so cool that like a one-off kind of quasi-novelty song got high in the Hulse 100. I, I, that's something I really love when it happens. And I'm like, I'm here for not this is a novelty song. It just it just happens to be a funny rock song. As That's as it. with always with these kinds of songs as well. Like for the people who were there, it's uh, you know hearing them again is such a big deal. Like you know you you try and look up the, anything to do with this song online and the outpouring of love and nostalgia that comes around it. And even like it would, you know just because it's so Australian, it could not have come from any other country. And then for it to be celebrated in this international internationally recognized countdown at least, like the it's it's easy to rally around and have a lot of pride. <laughs> in that sense, at least, you know, we have to praise it like we should. Yes, we have to praise it like we should. We have yes, to praise the tenants like we should, man. Like Bathurst. God damn right. You What's are that? God like, damn right. 207. Duh. I don't know what Bathurst <laughs> postcode is. Probably not 20. Uh, <laughs> you're anyway. on the verge of getting fired. Yeah. G'day. Thanks for calling in to uh, Hottest 100s and Thousands. What's, what's your name? Where are you calling from today? Hey. Yeah, how are you going? Uh, really well, thank you. <laughs> Answer the question. Don't talk to Jack. Yeah, that guy on the mic. No, no, no. Let's, let's hear him out. Let's, no, let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, thanks. Yeah, it's it's Chris from uh, Civic. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I loved that Tenant song when I when I was younger. I, I was probably eleven. I didn't understand like what shit you to tears meant. Like I knew what shit meant in tears, but the verb meaning is like it, it appeared to me over time. It is a thinker. It's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> But then I, yeah, like in my teenage years and I got more sort of anally purist in music and I thought things like Dennis Leary and the tenants being high in the Pots 100 is bad because it's sort of ruining the attempt to have this cultural canon. You've got like these breakfast DJs doing unearthed and pushing these random songs, which are like statistical noise stopping Radiohead and Fatboy Slim and other British royalty from taking their throne. And like the other Australian bands in the top five of this year, like a very famous and sort of and caught up in that zeitgeist and and the way that maybe the tenants aren't makes me yeah sort of wonder if if maybe there's a, a sort of tendency and perhaps the butterfingers sort of carried that tradition on of always being there always is like a a sort of a joke push every maybe five or ten years that I that makes sense it. to people at that time we definitely maybe, need it at some points because fuck some, sometimes <laughs> the hottest one is a fucking drag you're just hearing like 
six fucking just like low key piano songs sung by like you know some random sixteen year old with a tumbler, and you're just like, that's fucking lovely, hun. But just like, quite, if you're gonna talk about Billie Eilish, like, yeah, uh, like at least Fuck use her bitch. name. She's not dare you. How? D- but it's so nice that the tenants are doing well because I, I often. There's not a year that goes by that I don't wonder what happened to them and their net worth. And <laughs> uh, it's like they had other bands. Hey, thanks so much, man. So if, thank you. I think if Siri knows this. net worth. Not a goddamn thing. We've so. got a celebrity in the house who wants to talk about the tenants. Oh, is that right? Oh, my gosh. It's good to see. Is it the tenants himself? Uh, yeah, it's J- Johnny Tennant. Tell me your name, the podcast you host... <laughs> oh fuck! It could be and anyone. I'm Johnny Tennant from uh, Tenants on Tenants. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Thanks for coming down, man. Uh, um, I'm Elliot. Um, yeah, I host the Simpsons Index. I've had these guys on before. Um, yeah. Friend of the show, legitimately. Give it up. Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, we're one of uh, 20 shows that review the Simpsons, but. Uh, we review the bad ones as well, which is um, nauseating. So, like, about eight years ago or something, me and my girlfriend at the time were just, like, I don't know, making dinner or something, and she's like, oh, put on some music. And I'm like, oh, sweet, I'll put on my uh, Scar playlist. And this was the first song that came I up. My man was fucking Yeah! My man was fucking that night. Yeah! <laughs> he said ex-girlfriend, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that night. Yeah, uh, she fucking stormed out of the room and read too deep into it. I'm like, no, I just wanted to, like, skank while we're, like, chopping veggies and shit. (laughs) Are you calling me a skank? (laughs) And you played this song, Elliot. I I just put on my Scar playlist. Yeah, it was on random. (laughs) So you knew this song, though? Oh, knew it, loved it. Um, Yeah, completely adore this one. Yeah, Hell yeah. It's just good fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Elliot. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's yeah, my boy. So, yeah, anyway, I see why it was next girlfriend. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's continue on into number two in the 1999 Hottest 100. Violet Town's own <laughs> Killing Heidi. This is Weir. Has anyone got a wind machine? I'm fucking loving all those right now. That was Killing Heidi. That uh, is a song called We Are from their album Reflector, which came out, was it 2000? I think it was the year. Was that it, yeah, it was in 2000. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the lead single from that record, uh, a song called We Are, coming in at number two in the 1999 Hottest 100. 
fuck, I love this song. So I think the thing for me is that, yeah, this song is inherently linked to the video where it's like, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but like in the interims, like in the in the verses, they're like, you know, like getting set up for, I mean, it's a music video in a music video. They're basically like getting their makeup touched up and like getting their gu- guitars ready and shit. And then the second the chorus starts, they got this fucking full-on wind machine just hurtling at them and they're just fucking going for it while they're playing this like huge, huge chorus. But like, man, you got to remember how like her and Jesse are like 30 something now. Like they were fucking babies when this song came out. 17, like, 15, 15 was it? So, imagine having that wow. shit so together. Like when I was that age, I was like, as is well documented for most of my years, I've spent walking around with one finger up my nose and one up my asshole. So... To have someone like that... you got to live in balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the other thing that can happen with the Hottest 100 that I think is phenomenal because the, these guys have barely been a band. They come from, as, as we said, Violet Town in Victoria and the like there's like 1,500 people there. You know what Why I mean? Why does They're Canberra we- hate Violet Town? Yeah, what's that's a great though. question. We do, they don't. Uh, you do. You do. You really wow, do. Really do. That doesn't answer do. my question. But We're getting it's a dump thrown But the town itself is like so, like from what I, what, I, what I can gather, I've never been there. Sounds like it's got a kicking Pokemon gym, by the way, Violet Town. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But that, it's, you're so it's, happy with that. I was that. really, I am really pleased with that. Oh That's like the only a little like, like, joke. Yeah. A little wriggle. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but like the, it's so small that there is. It tells you the markets are on Saturdays on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, it's handy. That's like, wholesome. I like that. But a bear, and like teenage siblings who started a band only a couple of years before from that town are now number two, the second highest spot in the hottest 100 of that year. That is another yeah. miraculous thing that can happen with this countdown. You know, they, life comes at you fast. Sensational is the way. Like, they were a sensation. They were catapulted up. Yeah. Like, the next single position. was Mascara, which went to number one on the ARIA charts. But it got lower than that in this countdown. It was in the Yeah, 40s. which is bizarre. Goes yeah. to show. What do we know as people, huh? Oh, by the way, Violet Town has another link to music in the form of the church. They have a song. Named after Violet Town. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. What's it called? <laughs> and of course, the Weir, <laughs> the titular Weir, is also a kind of a reference to home and place. Sure. Being Violet Town. Um, is a Weir like a pond? Or well, Andrew, a Weir <laughs> or a low head dam is a barrier across the horizontal width of a river that alters the flow characteristics of water, usually results in a change of the height of the river level. Commonly, water flows <laughs> over the top or crest of a weir before cascading down to the lower level. What are the reasons or uses for weirs? <laughs> Flow measurement. Gemma's control you, of invasive of species. Water? Looking at you, carp. What was that? <laughs> Trying to get water. Trying to get some water yeah, yeah. ASMR happening while uh, we talk about Water weirs. mills, flood control, or improve river navigation. What are types of weir? That's a good question. <laughs> Broad-crested weirs. Compound weirs. Compound weirs, my favourite one. Well, you might have jumped the gun a bit there, Jack, because <laughs> after V-notch be- weirs, we have <laughs> Andrew's gone. Andrew's out of here. It's my time. Wait. <laughs> polynomial weirs. No, no, this isn't. That's right. Yeah, hey, I just love the cure so much. Weirs. Oh, wow, this is the best. Sorry, I don't need the notes. No, 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 no. I just. What are some issues that come with weirs? Well, ecology is one of them. What's another one? Uh, migration uh, for, for wildlife, but also safety. 
Mm. Oh, well, tell me more about that. Well, <laughs> the way that the water comes down from a weir creates a kind of spot underneath it that can easily trap someone. It, the, the weir can trap someone underneath. So if you're kind of like the base of the weir, if it's mm. big enough, that water pressure will keep you down. And it's very easy for someone to capsize and or drown. Well, I'm very glad that didn't happen to Ella or Jesse Hooper from the band Killing Heidi. That's right. All the other guys. He wrote well. all of that down. <laughs> yeah, noted friend haver, Nathan Harrison. <laughs> you have a phone. <laughs> It links to Wikipedia. Yeah, but this way I learn it. Yeah, a lot of that was from. A lot of that was from You're like. You're not getting tested. A lot of that was from hard book sources as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was out the back I'm with a at the funkin' wagnalls. I'll put the resource list up in the show notes. So. It is good. What the fuck has this show become? <laughs> You've ruined us, Canberra. I hope you're happy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. None um, of this would have happened if you all sat in the front row. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, but like honestly, like so the song is written. The reason that we the weir is even brought up in the first place, apart from it being the name of the song, and the reason it's named that is because it's really a song about Ella Hooper dealing with the internal struggle of like being part of this sensational band that's getting all this success really suddenly, but then also lamenting the fact that really there's a part of her that wants to be back swimming in the weir safely, hopefully, of of Violet Town and hanging out with her friends. So like. You know, th- when she's addressing her friends in the lyrics of the song, she's saying, like, man, I hope that by chasing this dream that I have, I'm not losing out on the friendships and, and I hope that the love still remains. So it's, I think, knowing that for me really, like, brought the song to life a little bit more and the story of it. Now I know why that energy kind of kicks in, you know? I know what's imbuing that, that kind of, like, uh, frustration or, the, or that kind of, like, anxiety, really, coming, kicking through with that energy there. And also why... It has that wistfulness and that and that beauty in the melody in the beginning because it's it is thinking back and being nostalgic, but that nostalgia is in itself kind of pushing forward and, and creating the engine of that anxiety in itself. So because like, of Y two K, obviously, that, that, that goes well. without saying. That's sorry, in the back of sorry. everyone's mind. We're all there. When she says it's not as easy as it seems, what she means is changing all the banking software. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, um, yeah, but like this was. Will you make it in the end? <laughs> <laughs> Forget um, all your fears, including Y2K. This was, um, I remember, this was one of the hugest songs of my childhood. I remember so very deeply loving this so much. And I actually, um, Killing Heidi was the first band I ever saw live. Hey, no same. Shit. Same, yeah. same, same, same. There you go. Was so, that at Wollongong Mall? Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. At the fucking oh, amphitheatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. They did an acoustic, t- it's actually my second gig, but... Basically. Oh. <laughs> you the, had it and you lost it. What was the first, Jack? Uh, it was Toe to Toe, Spider Bait, Nancy Vandal. Um, That's pretty cool. Primary, the Brown Hornets. And it, they played at Kayama, the thing called Blowout. Yeah, well, I'm sure I saw the wheels as a kid as well. I saw it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, first it was a Gregitator 94 at the Save the ABC. All right, man. All right, all right, all right. What right, other right, questions right. have you got for me? What's the... Yeah. I mean, this yeah, podcast the, idea is good and stuff, but... This yeah, so like I've loved Killing Heidi. Like that, those first couple of Killing Heidi records, very intrinsic to my childhood. Some of the first records I remember, like getting as gifts because, like 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 the slacker I am, I wasn't working a job as a nine year old. Um, um, but just great fucking quintessential nineties rock, and to the point where there are like it's a wonderful track, but there are things that have aged weirdly, like the the yeah hoy yeah hoy. Oh, it's so it's so fucking um cranberries, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like Alanis Morissette too. Yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I like I don't like I I get it, and it's the the you know period, it. and like and like I I love like the cranberries and like have enough love for Alanis Morissette as well, but like the, the point where like if you were re-recording it, I think. Elia and Jesse would be wise to skip the yeah ahoys. I mean, if, if, they're gonna, if, they're, if they're gonna take if they're gonna take fucking advice from a, a part-time employed thirty-year-old who runs a podcast, <laughs> I would tell them to yeah. just drop it, guys. Um, yeah, but like the song fucking just is. It, there's a reason why it was so high, and a reason why Killing Heidi became the kind of Australiana '90s and early 2000s rock behemoth that they were for a long time. Is yeah. just. Everything about this, the hooks are huge, the soft bits are easy to like, like kind of slow move to, and then when it yeah, punches in. It's that in, classic Pixies dynamic. It's exactly it's like, right. The loud, quiet, loud. Where the loud, fuck yeah. did that come from? And the fact that they're able to do it you know, in, a, in a way that is accessible to people who would be into kind of heavier music and people who are into softer music, like, just speaks to how well they were, the two of them, and the other guys in the band whose names are less important. Um, <laughs> yeah, they. What's that? Oh great! Oh, is this yeah. their session? Right, think, we'll talk to him after. Yeah, the, the yeah. phone lines are ringing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> oh, well, are they yeah. on right now? No, no. <laughs> Jack, calm down. They like, put them on hold. This ain't your first gig. Um, <laughs> yeah, like just everything about this song works as a piece of excellent pop rock music, and as a re- like obviously like it's one of those songs that like if you're voting for songs in 1999, obviously you're voting. For it would stand weird, out, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it slaps heaps hard and. It's so one of those things that's like depressing about like rock music that like when you hear someone with like a cool, powerful, feminine voice that you're like, oh, that's interesting. But it is interesting, and it sucks that it's rare, or like rare on fucking radio. It's not rare in the fucking composition world, but it's rare on mainstream radio. So when you do hear it, you're like, oh man, and it's so fucking cool that like, see, I've seen Killing Holly since I was 11 years old, and I've seen her solo as well. She's a fucking killer, goddamn front woman, and so. Yeah oozes goddamn charisma and that, that comes through in the song as well there's a reason why Killing Heidi were total Triple J darlings yeah. and the fact that Weir was like the fucking breakthrough moment is so so cool it's a terrific fucking song even though until like I, like I said I think I knew it was like a water thing but until maybe like like until five minutes ago I didn't know what a Weir was and considering I walked out I'm still kind of uh, <laughs> Now, You're Nathan, welcome. do you have any actual insight into the song itself? Well, yeah, no. I mean, come on, man. No, I do. <laughs> I don't need any more weird facts. God damn it. We all need more weird facts. Fuck you. This is beautiful. I, I'm kind of the same with you. I didn't see Killing Heidi super early, but like, this is just, this sounds like being a kid. And yeah, totally. the song is kind of about that too. So it kind of, it, it fits or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a hard song for me to think too much critically about because I just have always liked it and it's been it's a song that's just always kind of been there so i don't know it's, it's kind of cool it's omnipotent and omnipresent a little bit a song about nostalgia is in itself now a nostalgic trigger for people like that's wonderfully fitting <laughs> yeah it's a real proto vaporwave wave. <laughs> 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 right, are we opening the phone, phone lines? lines they are open phone lines right now right. to my man <laughs> good afternoon blunt. thank you for calling uh what's what's your name <laughs> Jodes. Hi, Jodes. Where are you calling from uh, this evening, this this afternoon? No this doubt at some sort of outdoor barbecue. <laughs> well, for this particular occasion, I'm calling from Rockalonga at, at Yarrawonga. Is that a real place? All right, Yarrawonga at Rockalonga was Rock- uh, the first music uh, festival that I ever went to back in yeah. 2000. Hell yeah. What I, I did want to share with you was 
uh, my story of going, uh, the first music festival I ever went to was um, Rockalonga at Yarrawonga in 2000. And I think it was um, Killing Heidi, uh, She Had, Jebediah, and maybe, yeah. I think You and I might have been headlining. Man, that's a fucking anyway, good so That's pretty tasty. So I'm like 20. Do it the Jebediah, but you know. I'm 20 years old, doing a road trip in my laser with um, three or four of my girlfriends. And uh, we left Canberra. And I got two tips. One tip was from my friend's dad, and he said, mate, when you girls are there, don't stand too close to the front and make sure, like, you you do this kind of bend action where you, like, bend the knees when you're, like, at a music festival and standing up for long periods of time. you gotta, like, you got to, like, bend the knees and get the blood flowing. <laughs> so that was tip number one. Tip number two was about going to the bathroom. And Same method. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> it was kind of similar, but it was like, uh, so if you ever need to go to the bathroom, there's a queue at the Portaloos, which there sometimes is at music festivals. Every now and then there's a queue. Um, you've got to find an alternate place to pee. Yeah. And when you do that, you've got to pop a squat. Yeah. And I was like, pop a what? <laughs> my, my best friend's dad gave me a trial run to do a pee with my pants down, which wasn't any... It was a bit weird, but it was a good tip and it's something that I've, that I, that, that I've used. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling hey, thank me Thank you for calling us, Jodes. We might, we might have lost Jodes. Jodes is the best. Jodes, I hate to put you on the spot here, but did you employ your friend's father's advice at the music festival? Uh, well, when there, yeah, well, when it did become apparent that the toilet facilities weren't going to meet my usual expectations <laughs> about, about paying. I, I did have to, yes. Fucking A. <laughs> that is Probably so good. Thank him. you for sharing. We support it. Has anyone else got anything jokes. to say about... Um, it's Ruben from Hackett here again. And Why do you keep going? <laughs> <laughs> got you on speed dial. Um, at the risk of uh, being the villain, um, this, this song... I, I got I owned the 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 two C D set from this year, like the, the Triple J compilation mm-hmm. and I played the hell out of it. And I guess maybe I overplayed it because this song is now on like this list for me with like Drops of Jupiter and stuff. Yeah. Oh, like so the really like, good whoa. songs from all time bangers <laughs> like really playlist. Hit, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a Man. similar and, one. And I wish it wasn't. Like I can, I can uh, intellectually see that it's good, but I don't want to hear it. Oh man, never have I heard Killing Hardy drag so much to be placed alongside Drops of fucking Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> Mad. Um, hey, yeah, is anyone here listen to metal? Anyone metal fans? <laughs> fucking metal, dude. <laughs> Do you know the label Roadrunner? Nickelback's home, baby. No, 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 Nickelback did ruin Roadrunner. But prior to that, you know, they released things like Sepultura, you know, I guess. Bloody Roots. You know, uh, Machine Head, you know, things like that, right? But the first Australian band on Roadrunner was a band called Non-Intentional Lifeform. Oh. If you yes. haven't heard of them, suss okay. them out. Like, yeah, great yeah. band, man. So when Killing Heidi came out, they were very short-lived. Um, <laughs> So, like, uh, Roadrunner releases compilation, non-intentional life form, represented Australia on it. Yeah. And, you know, then they disappeared. But um, when the Killing Heidi f- videos started coming out, we're like, God, who is that drummer? Oh, my God. And it's, you know, Pedro from non-intentional life form was a wow. drummer from Killing, or became the drummer for, Kim, or from Killing Heidi. 
Anyway. There you go. So. And and he replaced the original rhythm section, part of the original rhythm section that they just picked up from their high school at the behest of the uh, the producer and manager, Paul Kosky, who, you know, unceremoniously just cut these two friends that were playing instruments from the band. How brutal he's like, is that? I think it's time for number one. Fuck, I think it is. You've waited long enough. You've been sitting here in this room with us for the next for the past six hours. We are gonna fucking get right the fuck into it at number one in the nineteen ninety-nine hottest one hundred. What is it going to be? It's Powderfinger. <laughs> yeah. It's Powderfinger all the way down. All the it's Powderfinger all the way down. So this is these days. It's from the album. Mission Odyssey Impossible 2. <laughs> it's from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Uh, hello, I'm Heath Ledger. I've got two hands. I'm bloody sad about it. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Fuck me drunk, that's loud. I'm trying to listen to Powderfinger. Shush. Come around again. Slowly creeping in Time and its command Soon enough it comes Settles in its place Shadow in my face It's pressure in my day Powderfinger, these days, number one in the 1999 Hottest 100. We did it. Congratulations. Thank you all so much for your votes. We couldn't have done it without you. So this song was originally a B-side for the song Passenger, uh, which was, uh, I believe, number 100 in this countdown. That is correct, from internationalists. So Powderfinger... <laughs> they pulled a real Ocean Alley. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Ocean, Ocean Alley, number 100 and number Definitely one. Definitely the Ocean the, Alley of their time. In the last Hottest 100. Coming from Internationalist, and then this track was included in Odyssey number five. So they're spanning two albums in the same Hottest 100 as well. Yeah, they're like a plague. <laughs> <laughs> Just but when I, you think you got rid of them, it's just like, oh, fuck. Dr. Carl? Yeah, yeah. I've got Powderfinger again, man. He's but not a medical I believe doctor. that um, before it was included <laughs> as the B side. Yes, he is. Oh, no, he is. Dr. Carl from Neighbours. Yeah, he absolutely is. Okay, they're oh, arguing Kennedy. about Neighbours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah, he is a medical doctor. <laughs> he just diagnosed Sonia with cancer. It's a whole thing. Sorry, Adam. There's no Neighbours list- watchers in the in the room, but there's some serious shit going down. Toadie's wife is, she's leaving the show very soon. I'll say that much. Uh, but that's a, that's another story for another time. <laughs> I just love someone in the crowd and Sonia, no. <laughs> to be fair, she knew her Spoiler! fate when she... She Sorry. knew her fate when she married Toadie, though. Evil contract is up and she's leaving the show and they're literally killing her you off. You missed my hilarious Toadie joke. All right, what is it? It's not going to be as funny. It? It's not going to be as funny now. All right, come, come on. Come it was, on. She knew her fate when she married Toadie. There we go, yeah. True yeah, fans yeah, know yeah, what yeah, that yeah, means. Yeah, very yeah, good. One, all right, all right, so right, I believe right. before this song was included in the... <laughs> on the B-side to Powderfinger... ...that it was actually... Um, it, was actually it was actually commissioned to be in the film Two Hands. Um, it was. 
Sincerely though, just as a quick aside, if you haven't seen Two Hands oh, with yeah. Heath Ledger, you got to watch it, man. Absolutely it's like gorgeous. seriously like perhaps Heath's finest performance. Every time I, I got maybe every couple of years, I put it on and it's get a bit weepy about losing that guy because yeah. like like everyone sees him as like the fucking guy who's the the Joker and. We live in a society. Of course they do. We live that. in a society. But like, Two Hands is so goddamn good. Watch yeah, Two it's Hands. It's a great film. Yeah, um, I mean, it's no Knight's Tale, but <laughs> it was it was big in that year as well. Like, and I feel like that momentum carried partly this song to number one because this wasn't released as a single, as you said. It was released as a B side. Yeah, but even when I Odyssey number even five, as a fucking music video, like when Odyssey number five came out, it's, it even then wasn't released as a single. No, it was a re-record on this on the album as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, there are like three different versions around for this one. Um, this, There's also the, a really good dubstep remix that I made on my phone. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna you're, post that on SoundCloud. You're a modern day Norman on. Cook. Yeah, obviously. So I, I think the interesting thing about it being commissioned as part of a soundtrack is because we've heard this story before being quite successful for a band with Radiohead doing exit music for a film for the Romeo and Juliet Baz Luhrmann adaptation. And they kind of said at the time that that experience really allowed them to lock in a lot of what then became OK Computer. That it, it kind of was the track that they got out of the way that then had the momentum that they could use to create that album. And I think something similar is with, happens with this song because Bernard Fanning has said it was the first time that he'd actually used some kind of outside stimulus in order to write a track, yeah. right? And, and, and for it not to be something that he was drawing upon necessarily on his own experience. I read somewhere that it was partly inspired by his brother being sick with cancer, but I can't can't get that confirmed, so big citation needed on that one. But what I think is, is Sonia, on the other hand, not Sonia. What <laughs> I think, what I think about that that is is really interesting for for this track is that it allows there to be a certain breadth to the material and breadth to the subject. These days turned out nothing like I had planned is a universal kind of statement. Everyone has had something, or rather, that that kind of exhalation really can apply to the actual emotion that that carries is wide open as well and you just look at the you know go on wikipedia and see when this song has also been used outside of two hands its inclusion in two hands is definitely one example in that there's been so many times where just like anytime you need kind of an emotional track it's kind of popped up and some people who if they were cynical and potentially some of you guys are gonna gonna say some things like that would use would use the word generic Right, they would say, they'd say like that. That speaks to it being generic, but I actually think it's it it is more universal. I think that's the appeal of the song. I think it's beautiful for that because yeah. I think the emotions there are real and they are heartfelt, and you just get and they're complicated as well. Um, people see themselves in this song, man. big time, and, Fuck, and dude, the hills are so many themselves people. In this song. <laughs> that's exa- that is exactly right. Yeah, no split section, baby. So Good that's shit. that's what I think is the real value of this track is that kind of like that potent universality that it kind of possesses. And there are very few times where I look at a number one in a hottest 100 and I say, absolutely. That's, you know, and, and even, and looking back on it, because there's one thing to look at it during the year and go like, absolutely biggest song this year. But for me to now look at it decades removed and say, number one, absolutely. Very few songs that I can do that at, with as much certainty as I can with this track. Sure. <laughs> Andrew, I'm dying to hear what you have to say. Man, this, I am this, dying because your song, face, your this, face, this, man. This song's a bucket of turds, Whoa! man. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah! Oi, 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 DJ, 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 give us some fucking air horns. Come on. <laughs> 
show nah, man, you're working. Look, like, like Powderfinger are a crappy band. Like, <laughs> like I, fu- I fucking know I'm the fucking villain here. <laughs> and they, they like, I, I, the thing is, I like, I'm probably going off a bit slack on them. I, I know what they do; they do incredibly well. But, w- but what they do is just. Part of the problem is the fact that it is so used and I've heard it for so fucking long. And every time old mate Bernard Fanning steps up to the mic, it always seems to be that same like quasi-sanctimonious, quasi-oh-woest-me droll of like... Like oh. yeah, and like you're and, losing him, and, 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 and look, when, when, when you said that it was written about his brother who has cancer, like well, I don't, well, I don't know. I, I don't, kind of felt fucking bad for writing these notes. I don't, I don't yeah, know whether I, that's true. Yeah, I don't know whether that's yeah. true. As I said, um, when, when I wrote the notes for this song, I, uh, I, I, I remember writing it, but like I clearly had a couple of whiskeys, and I wrote, "Man, more like these days suck." So <laughs> that's the that's the level of fucking discourse I'm bringing here. And I'm doing a PhD, so <laughs> so we your tax dollars are going, folks. Um, I, like, like I said, I had this CD compilation as a kid, and like I played it fucking endlessly. But I, I think like after the first time, every time I skipped this track, which is the first track on disc one, obviously. Um, what was track like, two though? It would be it, it would be the tenants, I think, because like it goes alternates for the first few. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> the small brain is power finger. The expanded brain is the tenants. Um, <laughs> um, like and I, and, I, and I know, like saying, like it's like utterly milk toast, middle of the road white boy bullshit, is harsh coming from someone who himself is utterly milk toast, middle of the road white boy bullshit. But I just, I, 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 I don't fuck with Powderfinger, man. I think they're boring, and every song sounds the fucking same. They that is categorically yes. not true. It's, it's, it, look, it's categorically true. I'm a genius. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great word. You seem to have forgotten every other pattern of finger song. I'm a big, I'm a big wordsmith, yeah, and I've heard every song ever written. Right. So I have yeah. the authority to say Powderfinger. <laughs> the brain genius is yeah, logged on. The brain on. genius is logged on, and he's given Powderfinger a one star review on iTunes. <laughs> All right. There's no, the thing, again, right? Everything about the song is well written and well produced, and they, there is emotion to it, but I'm just not here for any of it. And I like sad songs. Like, I, 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 I just think it's crappy, man. Like, like I, 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 okay. don't, I don't want to be around this song. It's a, it's a, it's a bummer. Like, Does it shit you to tears? No, yeah, it, would, it this, would you, you say this song shits you to tears? Nah, man, it, it just yeah. shits me out the door. Like, oh. You shit me out the door! Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. You seem to have indicated that this is, you know, it doesn't shit you to tears. No, look, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle because, yeah, I have very openly shat on Powderfinger, particularly their later output, which is uh, Beige's Baby Shit. I think the reason this song resonates with people is that even though it does have the specificity of, you know, being written for a soundtrack and, like, having a family member in mind, it's just universal enough to, like, hit certain people in the fields that's just like, oh, fuck, that's me. You know, they can see themselves in it. You got to remember, hands. yeah, because the, <laughs> the yeah, because yeah, the lyrics are so broad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time potent. And, like, and sometimes that's what you, it's like. Everybody hurts, you know. Like sometimes you just need a song like that. Yeah. I talk about it being broad, but of course, Nathan, it's very specific what the song is actually about. Well, uh, yeah, it's about Y two K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's clearly <laughs> the, really these final days of nineteen ninety nine turned out nothing like we mm. had planned. Mm. <laughs> I just but, want to give a quick shout out. Uh, we've covered the first six. Well, this will be seven now that we've listened to the rest of this season. Um, 
Memories. Countdowns of the Hottest 100 and like huge bands like I think Smashing Pumpkins, UMI and Pearl Jam are probably like three of the the bands that have come up the most. Yeah. But there's a clear winner here and it's soundtracks. Like Yeah. We've talked about train spotting, Romeo and Juliet, Spawn. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, the real shit. That's right. South Park three times. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla. Batman Forever. Yes. Batman and Robin. Ooh. The Crow. Yeah. Yes, the Crow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Coming alive. Come on. <laughs> Cruel Intentions. Yeah. And now, for the first time, a soundtrack song has hit number one. Whoa. They've done it. Year of the soundtrack. Year of the soundtrack, the soundtrack baby. Yeah. That's Just some before good Y2K shit. hits, they did it. I yeah. love it. I fucking love it. This was on the English curriculum, this song. It was on the yeah. English curriculum. That'd ruin it for you even more, I think. If, <laughs> yeah. If the overexposure this. hadn't already. Haven't high school students suffered enough, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You know, like, forget um, the, the myth of, like, Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz syncs up. <laughs> it's like these days in rabbit-proof fence. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, you know, just English text that you're just English like you text. never want to fucking see again. Oh, it's like, oh no! But I mean, like, it, it is. Good it movie. is. We're regarded as one of the biggest, most loved Australian songs of all time. Yeah, like, this was the last song they ever played live when they did their big, uh, like, uh, farewell tour, and they did their final ever show at the River Stage in Brisbane. They have a commemorative plaque backstage. I've seen it; it's glorious. And the last song of their last ever set of their last ever show, etc., was these days. And they were ending every night with it, but like this time in particular, like it's it's on the DVD if you want to see it. But you can tell, like. You know, it's like really fucking settling in for them, you know, where they're just kind of looking around at one another and realizing they're never going to do this again. Until they fucking did it at Splendor and ditched their drama, which was one of the funniest things that's ever happened. I think I, think I would leave early to beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> you would have beat the traffic Why by did you not buy a going? ticket? <laughs> just that commutative bit to when they start playing their last song, like tap my paper down. Sorry, guys, got to beat the traffic. <laughs> Great set, great set. Just, yeah. <laughs> just like committed to the video. I spent like 140 bucks on <laughs> What does it do Worth for you though, set. Nathan? Sorry? What does it do for you though, the song? Look, I, I get it. I think they hit a really nice sort of melancholia about it. Um, I get why people like it, but it, it's just a bit boring for me. Damn. I like I like better music, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I didn't choose to like better music. <laughs> The better music chose me. I don't know. Like it's it's like it's not bad. I, I get it. And like it's got a like there's a strong emotional core to it. But I, it's just not for me. Like I just don't. It kind of in one ear and out the other. Like I've already forgotten it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it slips through my hands <laughs> like so many powder finger songs. Well, there you go. Um. <laughs> what the? Sick. All right, all right. Oh, we got a phone line person. Oh, oh we got so two. Many. Holy shit! <laughs> no, it's good. I love this. Uh, just a quick fact check. Yeah, uh, track two on disc one of Hottest 100s. This one was uh, Theopolis Thistler. Oh, the Thistle oh, Thistle. Oh. Thistle. Can't wait till that fucking episode. There is the round roll, rub it, roll it, roll it round. That song fucking. Slack. The episode we talked about that was so good. Oh, it was the best. It's Great available episode. now on iTunes. I you wish we could listen review. to it right now. Hi, welcome to uh, Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks for calling in. What's your name? Hi, I'm Zev. I'm calling from... I just realized both the suburbs that I could give you, they're probably going to make jokes about. So, well, either Dixon or Downer, I guess. I got nothing. 
I wasn't a huge fan of Powderfinger, but it was my first big concert just round the corner down oh, I'm sorry. the convention center. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember, was it John Butler Trio that supported? Yeah. Me? Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, that, that was and also, Street Tour, yeah. Possibly also Missy Higgins? Am I f- no, Wade. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. 2003, yeah. 2004. <laughs> it, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was my people. Besides this song, I wasn't didn't know them very much. It was just like... There was a big band coming to Canberra, so we went and that doesn't did happen. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I look, don't have a huge story about that. The one thing I did want to say is, it's really nice. I haven't heard this podcast before. I was one of the people who didn't, That's didn't okay. hadn't Your heard the podcast. Did it. know some of you though, and I just it's really nice that we got to a point where Andrew started complaining about shitty music because I expected that was going to be the entire evening. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, but no, Powderfingers, all right. <laughs> all right, thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, thanks Much so much for calling. Thanks for calling in. Who else, um, you got? Who else has got Phone something to still say? Running oh, so many. Oh, my gosh. I'll go oh, wow. just in. Yeah, look, come on. Bring it. Bring it. Who's closer to me right now? <laughs> Welcome. Uh, da, 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 da. Where you from? Uh, from Perth Town, actually. Heath Ledger Town. So oh, yeah, I, yeah, I nice. just nice. wanted to agree that, yeah, Two Hands is awesome, but can- Candy is one of his oh, best Yes, yeah. right? Candy's the best yeah. one. Yes. That was it. Thank you. Cheers. Yes, Candy rules. Thank you. Candy does rule. Right, it's got my a man superstar. Up here. <laughs> Hi, welcome to uh, whatever. Who cares at this point? <laughs> We're done. Hi, what's your name? Thanks for calling. Blah 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 blah. blah. Hey man, I'm Liam from Canberra. Let it be known, my daughter's name is Ella. So we're missed opportunity. Should have been number one. This poses for discussion that maybe these days was the last truly great number one of the hottest 100. <laughs> Uh, all right. It I is a discussion that will go on. That um, will. Like, that's fucking, like, nine years worth of discussion. Yeah, yeah. It, it will continue to go on. Way too big for the rest of tonight. <laughs> like, like but Kendrick, Kendrick good... won last year, man. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what fucking whips ass. I mean, apart from hoops. Oh. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and truly, though, if you look at the progression of the Hot 100, therefore, you've got My Happiness was when Patterfinger sold out. You've got Amazing from when Alex Lloyd was Alex Lloyd. And then... From there, it just only got worse from there. So, look, I'm just saying, these days has resonance for everybody. Uh, Everybody would call it as, you know, whether you like it or not, it sort of hits the feels. So, I feel like this is where the hottest one took a a downward spiral from there. I I truly reckon Amazing is probably the worst number one of the whole (laughs) countdown age. There is no fucking way when Wish You Well is number one, man. That is the worst one. That is easily the worst one. Let's... Let's let's not burn through all our future content. Thank yeah. you so much for calling. Thank you, Liam. Thank you for that. And I think we're going to dedicate a bonus episode to you, champ. We're going to have a we're going to have a fucking row over that one. I'll tell you that much. But thank you so much to everyone oh, who has called in. We've got one in. more. Oh, oh, right. Renegade caller coming through at the last minute. Hi, thanks for calling. Hello. I'm sorry. Powderfinger fucking socks. Yes! Like, they are Thank you. the worst band. Like, I mean, I'll give them credit. You know, Ben and Fanning, amazing voice, um, great music. But, like, seriously, generic is all fuck. You're my and people, There man. is no emotion there at all. And, oh, my God. I'm sorry, but you've, like, totally tapped into anger that I felt when this song was number one in 1999. Yes! And now I'm just, like, reliving it again. People. Oh, my God. We're uncovering yes. deeply buried yes. trauma. Has anyone got anything nice. else they'd like to share at this point? Let's. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's gone fucking I feel like we should make the chairs into a big circle and we should just. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. To the end of 1999, 
and to the end of the 90s. We're done. We did the entire 90s. And that's it. There's only really one thing left to do. Are, are, are you ready? Big thanks to the Canberra Theatre Centre for having Obviously, us. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Thank that. you, Canberra Theatre Centre. And thanks to all you the, fucking randoms for coming. Like, thank you sincerely to everyone who came. came it's yeah, a fucking delight. Love you Even all if you dearly. didn't sit in the front, like, yep. you're all our mates now. This yeah. is... We can't go back from this. DJ Jemis. Right. DJ Jemis. Yeah. Give it up, my boy. My main man. Yeah. Not ironically, Jack yeah. R. Riley, yeah. musician, poet, intern. troubadour, look him up. Beautiful man. Yeah, he does, he does really fantastic music. Yeah. But I think uh, you're right, Deej. It's just time to count down the, the, end, of, uh, <laughs> the, the end of the millennium. So right, I'm ready. You wanna join Are you us ready? That? Hold up, it is. I just dropped that shit. <laughs> Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Thank you so fucking much!